We break down what life for the Baltimore Ravens without Mark Andrews looks like after his likely season-ending injury against the Cincinnati Bengals in Week 11. We talk about that, recap the Ravens went over the Bengals, and so much more coming up next year on this episode of Locked on Ravens. You are Locked on Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of Locked On Ravens, where your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Ostriker of Ravens Wire, here with you on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every single day. Thank you so much, as always, for being here with us on the Locked On Podcast Network and making us your first listen each and every day here on Locked On Ravens. We're free and available all podcasting platforms that includes over on video form on YouTube. And today's episode of Locked On Ravens is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com. Slash lockdown NFL and use code all lowercase lockdown NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. The Ravens moved to eight and three with a 34 to 20 win over the Bengals in week 11. And we're going to talk about it all here today. But of course, we also have to talk about the Mark Andrews injury. John Harbaugh revealing shortly thereafter the Ravens win that Andrews is likely done for the season with an ankle injury. So we're going to break down what life looks like for the Ravens without Mark Andrews and how this offense needs to adjust moving forward. Plus, we'll break down the Ravens and Bengals game, getting into a recap, and also talk about the rest that's coming for the Ravens, because, boy, do they need it. So we have a lot to talk about on the show. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube. Subscribe in audio form. We're building awesome communities, both on YouTube and in audio form. We just hit 1 million total views on the YouTube channel, which is awesome. I really want to just thank everybody. Whether you're an everyday or you listen every single day to this show, thank you. If it's your first time in, welcome into the channel. Hopefully you stay a while. And if you're somewhere in the middle, thank you for your support as well. I really do appreciate that. But let's get to the Ravens content at hand here. Let's talk about Mark Andrews. Now, the hit that got Mark Andrews in the situation he's in, Logan Wilson ends up hip dropping him. And so just the, the definition of the hip drop tackle is putting your weight and essentially, you know, lifting yourself and twisting and your leg gets caught up if you're the offensive player under the weight under the full body weight of another player it's essentially a body weight tackle where with the way the defenders have kind of been penalized and there is there aren't really a ton of right ways to tackle anybody anymore without drawing a penalty and I'm sure the NFL has to have serious conversations about hip drop tackles I know some are well what else do you want them to do and others are of the mindset of this is just a terrible way for the game to go when you have all these injuries happening because of hip drop tackles. So with Logan Wilson, essentially what happened was Andrews caught the ball, was running up the field. Wilson grabs him from behind and essentially, you know, puts full body weight into the tackle. That's the hip drop. And Andrews and his his leg, his ankle get caught up there. The injury didn't look great when it happened. And of course, Andrews went down writhing in pain and, and his reaction looked terrible and was immediately questionable, then ruled out with the ankle injury not very far after that. So he's down likely for the year. Again, I'm not a doctor. We're recording this shortly after our live show that went live a couple of hours ago. So if you're listening to this, want to check out more of an instant reaction, be sure to check out our live show. It's available audio form and video form. But it's just interesting because now the Ravens offense has to adjust and the Ravens haven't really had to play a prolonged 
amount of time with Andrews not playing. It's been six missed games for Mark Andrews in his career, including this year when he missed the opening game against the Texans. But, you know, going on six years for Andrews, six missed games, that's pretty good. He's been a big part of their offense for pretty much the entirety of his career. Now the Ravens have to move forward with arguably their second most important offensive player, of course, not named Lamar Jackson. So with Andrews out, what you're losing there is a middle-of-the-field presence. Andrews is one of the best middle-of-the-field players in the NFL. He's somebody that you know Lamar can rely upon. We know the safety blanket that Lamar has in Mark Andrews and that Andrews is for Lamar. And their chemistry is unbeatable. I mean, they've been together since coming in as rookies in 2018. They've established connections. And part of that, you know, we talk about street ball with Lamar all the time, right? Where, oh, he escapes this play and, and runs around and he's just dotting guys up. Well, part of the street ball element of the Ravens offense, and I know that Todd Munkin has come in, he's put in a scheme, and they're trying to work within that. But Andrews and Lamar have that connection, and they have had that connection. And I know Kadrius Mal and I have talked about this before, where Lamar and Andrews just kind of do their own thing sometimes. And Andrews will run a route on his own accord because he knows where Lamar wants to put the ball. Lamar knows where Andrews wants to run. And it's an off-script type of play. Not many players have that connection with each other. I'm not saying Lamar and Mark are the only guys to have that connection in the league, but it's very rare that you can find that. So now who steps up? Obviously, it's next man up. So Isaiah Likely has to step up into the Andrews role. I assume Kohler steps in the Likely spot. Then I'd say Travis Vokalek is the last guy. Now, I was asked during the live show what tight ends are available. <laughs> Rob Gronkowski got brought up, and I had some fun with that on Twitter. Obviously, I, I don't think... He'd come out. Maybe he would. I don't know. I'm not going to speak for him, but I don't think Gronk's going to come out of retirement. I did pull up a list of free agent tight ends, and I will tell you right now, it is not very impressive. Adam Shaheen is probably one of the best up there. I'd probably say Cameron Brait is the best. You could probably bring in former Raven Max Williams is on this list. Brock Wright, Lawrence Cager. I mean, there, there aren't a lot of players right now who can help you in the way that I think you need. And honestly, it, to me, this goes back to free agent signings in general, which are needle moving moves. And is uh, Cameron Brait going to be, or an Adam Shaheen going to be a needle moving move for this team? Or would you rather just call up Travis Vokalek, who I think really flashed in the preseason? I'm, I'm honestly okay with doing that because I think that, again, is Cameron Brait 10 times better than Isaiah Likely? I just think you have the system in place already. Likely is there. He has been there. He's going to dedicate the rest of the season to 89, as he said. I think he just moved forward, but you're losing a middle-of-the-field presence, and you're also losing a presence that demands attention. You can't leave Mark Andrews one-on-one -on -one in a lot of situations. He will beat you. It's almost like the it's the whole thing we talked about in the offseason, right, where you have Zay, you have Mark, you have Odell, you have Rashad Bate, you have all these guys. Who are you going to leave one-on-one? -on -one? And whoever you do leave one-on-one -on -one with the route runner that Zay is, with the route runner that Odell is, the route runner Rashad Bateman is, the pure presence and dominate, dominant ability that Mark Andrews has is essentially pick where you're going to get beat for the most part when the scheme works, when everything is hitting for this offense, which admittedly has been a little inconsistent this season. But with Mark out, I think you can demand more attention to Zay. We can demand more attention to Odell. And obviously the target share, I read this stat out on live last night. So Zay Flowers has the most receptions or the most targets, excuse me, for the Ravens 
this season. It's, it's not Mark. Mark is second in targets on the Ravens, which might surprise some people if, if you know you're just thinking, oh, Mark and Lamar have this amazing connection. But at Zay Flowers right now in targets, he leads the team with his 72. Mark Andrews comes in at the 61, but then Odell, it's almost a 20 target difference between Odell and Mark Andrews. Mark of 61, Odell with 42. Then Rashad Bateman with 31, Nelson Aguilar 26. So there are essentially 61 targets to go around in this Ravens offense. He's going to get a lot of them. Odell's going to get a lot of them, Rashad too. But I think you're going to have to work on the play action a little bit more because you're losing such a big and dominant presence over the middle of the football field. Where I think the Ravens, you know, they brought in Ty Munkin again to do his thing in the passing game. That's not going to change. You bring in those weapons so you can avoid having this blow be as catastrophic as it maybe maybe would have been last year or two years ago because you now have Zay and Odell and Rashad and all these guys, Isaiah Likely. And to Isaiah Likely's credit, he stepped up last year when Mark Andrews went down. But while I think Likely's improved as a blocker, Mark Andrews has been a good blocker for a couple years now. Came into the league, needed some work in that category. Credit to him, he worked really hard to become a good blocker. Likely still is pretty inconsistent. I think it was fine in week 11, but overall this year he has generally struggled. So they're going to need him to step up in a huge way. Charlie Kohler too. And it's kind of, it's sad that, you know, the Ravens beat the Bengals. They dominate them a bunch of storylines. We'll get to it in the second segment, but you know, I think it's a little sad that we have to talk about this Andrews injury because it's a big blow. The team was obviously deflated about it, but it, it is next man up. And they're going to have to figure out how this offense works without him. Because again, we really haven't seen that from the Ravens offense because Andrews has been very healthy, all things considered over the course of his career. But coming up in the second part of the show, we will do a general recap of the Ravens and Bengals matchup. We'll still talk about Mark Andrews, but also Lamar, Joe Burrow, and a lot more. So be sure to stay tuned, plenty to talk about on the show. But first, this episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. And if you're looking for daily fantasy sports, look no further than Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the most fun so many people have had winning up to 25 times the money this football season. All you have to do is select two or more players, pick more or less than projected stats, and place your entry. And if you're a basketball fan, with basketball season here, you cannot pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players from different sports or leagues. So, for example, if you're a big LeBron James fan, you can pair LeBron James and Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo of three-pointers made and receptions. And if you want to play alongside some of Prize Picks' favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Schultz, you can now find community plays under the Promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the Prize Picks community each week. Plus, Prize Picks now offers this really cool reboot policy so that your entries stay safe and in play even if one of your players gets injured. So for football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits in the first half and doesn't return in the second, that player is rebooted. Prize Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. Go to pricepicks.com slash NFL and use code LockdownNFL for first boss match up to $100. Again, that's pricepicks.com slash NFL and use code NFL for first boss match up to $100. Pricepicks daily fantasy sports made easy. We're back. It's our second segment of Locked On Ravens coming to you after the Ravens week 11 win over the Bengals. Kevin Ostreicher still talking with you here. Again, a, a big night for the Ravens as they are able to beat the Bengals 34 to 20, but not without some injuries. We talked about Mark Andrews in the first segment. Life without Mark Andrews is a Harsh reality, I'm recording this again before the John Harbaugh press conference, so we're not going to know much about Andrews, except that it's a likely season-ending ankle injury. I'm sure John Harbaugh will provide updates when he takes the podium. But Lamar also gets injured by Logan Wilson. Odell Beckham also gets injured by Logan Wilson. Lamar with the ankle, he said he was fine after the game. I mean, again, maybe John Harbaugh will provide updates. Maybe he won't. Odell gets a shoulder thing, and I know he's kind of been dealing with some sort of a shoulder thing for – 
some of the season. So we'll get some updates maybe on that as well. But it wasn't just the Ravens who were dealing with injuries. It was the Bengals. Joe Burrow ends up hurting his wrist, hand, whatever it was. Now he came into the game, the Bengals, the lead of the post, showing him pregame getting off. I think it was getting off the plane or getting off the bus. And he had a wrap on his hand or the, the wrap on his hand or wrist, almost like a, I think it might've been like a, a wrap where you can wrap it around like a finger or two. And it also supports the wrist. And the Bengals deleted that because Joe Burrow was not on the injury report with any sort of hand injury, any sort of thing. And then Jadavian Clowney hits him on the Bengals touchdown drive. And then he throws the next play to Joe Mixon for a touchdown, but no contact on that play ends up writhing in pain. He tries to throw the ball on the sideline, can't grip the ball, can't throw the ball. He does not play for the remainder of the game. So it was Jake Browning. And look, we, we can, you know, the Ravens and if Joe Burrow plays in this game, maybe it's a different game. But both teams dealt with injuries, and I'm not going to say, oh, well, the Ravens won this game because of Joe Burrow. No, the Ravens, I mean, look, it was a factor, right? I'm not going to say it wasn't. Jake Browning comes in, and what do they do? They didn't really blitz Joe Burrow a ton. But when Jake Browning comes in, one career, NFL pass, I think the stat was, what you want to do in that situation is you want to blitz, and you want to put pressure on him, and you want to confuse him. And the Ravens defense, Mike McDonald, they did that. And that was the right decision because it was almost, it almost reminded me a bit of Dorian Thompson Robinson in week five, little different circumstances, right? But that's a player where again, inexperienced, you want to confuse and put pressure and kind of speed up that internal clock. And Jake Browning did a good job, not turning the ball over. It was a turnover free day. I think for both teams, there were no turnovers, Uh, but at this point, there's, I think they might have. They credited Mark Andrews. I'm looking at the turnovers. They credited Mark Andrews with a fumble. I, I'm assuming on the play where he got injured. It says he recovered it, obviously, but I did not know. I thought he went down and the ball came out after that. But they actually gave Mark Andrews a fumble, which I did not know. But regardless, no turnovers for either team in this game. So it was, it was good from a protection standpoint. But the Ravens defense, they got to Jake Browning. And the plan with Jake Browning, if you're the Ravens, you're telling yourself, yeah, we know they're going to throw the ball short and keep it simple. And they're also going to want to run the ball with Joe Mixon. And Joe Mixon, I think with Burrow, the way that they were moving that ball, Joe Mixon was having a nice game early. But then Baltimore shored up the run because they they essentially said, Jake Browning, if you can beat us, then, then go ahead and beat us. And I think that was the right decision. On offense, Lamar Jackson, we'll talk about him, 16 to 26, 264 and two touchdowns through the air, also nine for 54 on the ground. Had a nice deep ball connection to Odell. Did miss one or two, I think, but the connection to Odell was was the one we were hoping for for a while for Lamar. Just hit on a deep ball. Maybe, maybe at that point, you know, I think he had missed his deep balls, and then he hit Odell on the last deep ball, so hopefully that's a little momentum for him. But I thought he played a solid game overall. Made some stuff happen out of nothing. Threw the ball away when he was under pressure. I think the offense in general also leaned on the run game a lot more, which I was very happy about. Gus Edwards, 12 for 62 and two scores. The Gus bus is just rolling into an, into an end zone near you. I mentioned Lamar's stat line there. Keaton Mitchell got more touches, eight for 33. Zay Flowers, one for seven. Justice so one for one. Keaton Mitchell had that long of 21. He is just a big play in a bottle. Like <laughs> He'll go out there. You want a big play, he'll get you one. I know with Keaton Mitchell, he's a little smaller. And that was, I I talked about this on the live shows, kind of a knock on him coming out of college a little bit. Was he speedy? He's elusive. He's agile. But what about yards after contact? What about when he gets hit on first contact? He's looked really good to me after contact. I mean, a lot of his yards are coming after contact. 
He's breaking through stuff, being strong. And to me, he's, he's, I was, I was, he was my running back draft crush in the draft and he's exceeded my expectations. So I'm really happy the Ravens were able to get him receiver wise. We talked about who has to step up. Well, this is, I think some of the offense we're going to see here, Odell four for one sixteen, first 100 plus yard game for Odell since 2021. So huge shout out to Odell. Zay had three for 43. Nelson Aguilar had that super heads up play. Jermaine Pratt made a great play on the ball. I think that, who was that? I think it was Isaiah Likely who it was intended for. Pratt knocks the ball in the air and it just goes in the arms of Aguilar. Sometimes the ball bounces your way. Sometimes it doesn't. That play, it bounced in the Ravens' favor. Andrews had two for 23 before going down. Corla one for 13. Rashad Bateman got another touchdown action. First of the season for him. So I think well-deserved, of course, one for 10. You know, then we had the Keaton Mitchell one for eight. Gus two for eight. Justice so one for six. So it's going to be huge for these guys to hopefully continue to establish a connection with Lamar because you're not going to be able to replace that. There, there's no replacing Mark Andrews. It's is can the next man up fill enough of that void? The void I don't think is ever going to be completely full. Mark Andrews really can only fill that void, especially with the connection those guys have. But is there enough from those other guys to step up and have a day there? Patrick Queen, Roquan Smith, what, what's new? Leading the team in tackles. Patrick Queen had 11. And Roquan Smith had 10. Marcus Williams was seven. Justin Matabike with three. He had another sack, nine and a half on the season. The Ravens have not had a double-digit sack player since Terrell Suggs back in 2017. If you did not know, we're in 2023 right now. That is a very long time. Tavius Robinson gets the first sack of his career, so congratulations to him. Calvin Noy with a sack. Davian Clowney with a sack. They were just sacks galore. Not they always looked great. He had a sack. So the Ravens are just balling out right now. And... It was a good game for them. I mean, again, fact there were factors, right? Andrews goes down. Burrow goes down. It, w- it was a big factor game for both teams. But injuries do happen in the league. Obviously, I wish everybody who did get injured a speedy recovery. We don't know the extent of Joe Burrow's injury right now. But I think the big part of this is the Ravens essentially knocked the Bengals out of AFC North contention. The Ravens now up three games in the win column on Cincinnati, plus having the tiebreaker after sweeping the Bengals, which is awesome. Plus the fact that the Bengals division record now drops to 0-3. So if you're talking about other tiebreakers, the Ravens divisional record will likely be better than the Bengals here as, you know, the Bengals can only get to 3-3. and The Ravens can also be 3-3, and but we'll see. We'll see. Bengals right now, they're probably out of that. And we now have the stat that continues to live on, which is no team has ever won the AFC North Division three times in a row. Coming up to the final part of the show, though, we'll talk about the important rest that's upcoming for this Ravens team and a lot more. So be sure to stay tuned, plan to talk about on Lockdown Ravens. First, this episode is brought to you by DoorDash. And I'm a big food guy. I just, I love food. And sometimes when I'm watching a game, I want to go get something to eat. So during a timeout, during halftime, I'll go, I'll go look for something to eat. And there's just nothing there. But DoorDash can solve that issue. And why root for your team? Why root for the Ravens on such an empty stomach? Order on DoorDash and save on football watch party favorites. So whether you want the watch party classics like pizza, wings, soda, burgers, even just buns, DoorDash can get it all delivered without missing the game. Or if you're a snack guy, I'm a big snack guy. So you want the chips, the dips, the nachos, or maybe everything to make your own. DoorDash has that for you as well. And in the Baltimore area, there are plenty of options such as for sushi. You can go get Sushi Hana. For pizza, underground pizza is an awesome spot. So DoorDash has it all. And you can get 50% 
off up to $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download DoorDash app and the code LOCK23. Subject exchange terms apply. And you can get prepared before game day. Stock up on your favorite appetizers and order all your tailgate gear on DoorDash and get ready to watch your team win. That's 50% off up to $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download DoorDash app and the code LOCK23. Subject exchange terms apply. Don't forget to use code LOCK23. 50% off up to $10 value on your first order when you download DoorDash app and spend $15 or more. Subject exchange terms apply. We return here. It's our final segment of Locked On Ravens. Kevin Ostriker still talking with you here on this Purple Friday, a victory Friday. Look at that. We uh, get to have the victory Friday after the Ravens beat Bengals 34-20 to in Week 11. I appreciate everybody for being here, tuning in on Locked On Ravens, and again, making us your first listen each and every day. We had a great week of shows. This is actually my first solo show of the week. We had Kadri Ismail stop by as usual, Rocco DeSangro, Jack Settleman. We did a crossover Thursday with James Rapine, so... Tons of great content over on Lockdown Ravens. Be sure to subscribe in video form or in audio form. You're not missing out either way. It's the same show, both audio and video. So if you want to listen, maybe in audio form one day and then watch in video another day, you can totally do that. Whether you want to see the background or not, see my face or not, you can, you can decide either which way. But again, a big milestone here for us on Lockdown Ravens YouTube. One million total views on the channel. That's awesome. Thank you so much. So we're continuing to build here. It's been an awesome ride, and I really appreciate everybody who supported me on the journey. I'm, I'm looking forward to keep going to it. I'm looking forward to hopefully having this Ravens team have a great end to their season. And I think they're entering a really big stretch right now. And I think a big part of that is because of the rest Ravens really have not had an opportunity. They've been traveling all season, football game after football game, after football game, they're entering their stretch of primetime games. We, we have another one coming up Sunday night football, Los Angeles chargers. So another late night for me, another late night for everybody else watching this Ravens team. But the rest that comes in between week 11 and week 12 is huge because you have the mini buy now. Thursday night football, it's even a longer mini buy because it's Thursday night football into Sunday night football. So essentially 10 full days of rest, which is huge for them. But then after that, they have their buy. So it's 10 days plus another 14 days. So that's essentially more than three weeks, 24 days, 24 days, only one game. One game in 24 days is going to be huge for a team that, look, we can admit it. They're not particularly healthy right now. Nobody's healthy right now. No team. Everybody's dinged up. Everybody has injuries. Everybody's dealing with stuff. But to have a buy this late, it's a blessing and a curse because you have, you have to go through a lot to get to this point. Guys have come back, obviously, with others like JK and, and Mark now. They're not going to be able to, it seems like. Well, JK especially, but with Mark, doesn't seem like he's going to come back. But you now have a 24 period with one game in there. That's a lot of time to heal up. That's a lot of time for these little bumps and bruises that maybe are nagging you. Like I think Patrick Queen is dealing with a nagging injury. A lot of guys are dealing with those just really annoying little injuries that can maybe slow you up one or two percent. And again, this is football. This is a physical sport. Nobody is going to be 100 percent by the end of the season. But that's why to me the sweet spot buys like we nine to week 11 because it's right in the middle of the year you get your buy right there week 13 is a little late just because it is so much football but i think it really aids them that they had the mini or they have the mini buy coming up right now which is huge and now the ravens again this is a stretch of prime time games it's not just the chargers they have two more after this one so we're gonna we're gonna see how they start responding to these prime time games i'm, I'm excited to kind of see it the late the late nights are brutal <laughs> but uh the primetime games are always electric, but funny enough, maybe not so funny, actually. That was the Ravens' only home primetime game. They have to go on the road to face the Chargers in Los Angeles. They have to go to Florida to play the Jaguars in Jacksonville. 
got to go back to the West Coast, back to California to play the San Francisco 49ers on Christmas Day in San Francisco. They're, they're done with home primetime games, maybe until the playoffs. So we'll see how the playoff schedule makers make it. But Baltimore had this blackout game. It was an awesome electric atmosphere. The bank was loud, made life tough. The Bengals had to spend two timeouts in the first seven minutes, or no, in the first, what, 10 minutes of the game. Their first two timeouts were spent with five minutes to go in the first quarter. So Ravens fans were into it. It was awesome to see. And for me, now moving forward and looking ahead, teams like the Browns who have that like week six by, that's really tough. Like out, out of the three, early by, medium by, late by, medium by, right in the middle. That's the, that's the perfect sweet spot for me. But then the late by, I think is a little better because guys, again, it's just more time to rest later in the season with the early by though. It's a little different because sure you could, you can rest up then, but you're going to accumulate injuries as the season goes on and there's really no time for you to rest until the off season. So out of those three, the early medium late by, I mean, I'll take the late by medium. The middle would have been great, but early I'm glad the Ravens didn't get hit with the early by because they're starting to get a little injured now. And I'm glad they have time to rest up here, but with the Ravens eight and three, again, pretty much knocking the Bengals out of the division race. And with Deshaun Watson done for the season, Joe Burrow, We'll see what his MRI says. Can he pick and not looking great in Pittsburgh right now? I think Baltimore's in the best position to win the North, and they have the rest coming to be able to be a little healthier as the stretch run comes up, which is a really tough one. That Chargers game is going to be the last one before the bye, and then we've talked about the stretch all year here on Locked on Ravens. Rams, Jaguars, 49ers, Dolphins, Steelers to end the season. So it's a tough one. Ravens can do it, but – It'll be interesting to see how they maneuver, especially without Mark Andrews now, is again probably their second most important offensive player. So I have to be here today, though. I'm locked on the Ravens. Thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure to follow along, subscribe, audio form, video form, subscribe on subtext too for exclusive one-on-one text conversations. More locked on Ravens constant over there. Coming up, we're not going to be back on Sunday. There's no game. So coming back on Monday with another locked on Ravens episode. So be sure to stay tuned for that. I'll see you right back here on Monday on Locked On Ravens.